morning. Say good morning. Good morning. I'm going to start off <laughs> by thanking uh, Pastor Leon and his first lady, Sister Rebecca, as well as our associate, uh, Pastor, Pastor Kevin, in his absence, and uh, to the deacons and the elders of this church, thank you for allowing me to have this moment, the administration of the church, and to you, the Mac family. Good morning to you online, as well as here. I want to start first by thanking uh, Pastor Allow for allowing me to dress up a little bit. This is my favorite time of year, and uh, I did get a little lonesome being in the pulpit. I'm, I'm a Methodist, so we're used to a lot of liturgy and robes and things like that. So when he asked me to do this message, um, we spoke, and I asked him, is it all right that I wear a little something? So. Sister, Sister Edith said, I was sharp. <laughs> God bless you for saying that. But the old saints would say, I got my war clothes on. <laughs> yeah, I got my war clothes on this morning. Uh, uh, we, uh, we want to uh, say to you, my sisters and my brothers in the faith, that uh, God is amazing. I'm sure you agree. And um, he is about to use somebody that never thought they would ever be doing this kind of work, to do this kind of work. So that, that just answers to who he is, who he is. And uh, my task for the day is to, to talk to you about the advent the prophecy, as well as the reality. Um, this is, again, my favorite time of year, especially Christmas. And it, I, I just know, I heard him talk to, you all, to everybody about Christmas. I couldn't think of a better day to go to church, to tell you the truth. Amen. I couldn't think, only, I know it's not actually a birthday, but, but we don't know. We, we're just going by what, what's out there. But if we're going to go to church, why not go on Sunday? That's his birthday. Not, <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I do have notes, and I'm going to follow my notes because I don't, I don't, don't want to get in trouble, <laughs> and I don't want to get Pastor uh, hot at me. He has done a, a great thing by letting me get up here and speak with you. Um, I do have uh, two texts I want to kind of concentrate on and then we're going to talk a little bit about that second candle he lit today. The first one was, uh, I think, the joy, and we talked about the um, the people who walked in darkness. They've seen a great light. The people who walk in darkness. That's why it's so dark in here now because we want to kind of signify what what was really going on. They. They were not literally dark like this, but they were not knowledgeable of anything. They were just lost. Lost in, 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 in that time, uh, in that, that years, on those types of years, they, everybody was a king. Everybody had, everybody had a king and a kingdom, and, a king, and everybody was fighting and caring. There was just too much going on, too much happening. And everybody longed for a savior. 
to come in and help them. Uh, you all have to forgive me. I, I have to talk like I can talk. I pray to the Lord that he will, he will help, help restore and give me the right kind of language so we all can understand. But uh, excuse me if I split a few verbs and adjectives and things of that nature. It's all in love. I'm just trying to get up here and do what the Lord asked me to do. Amen. God bless the spirit of the living God. Fall fresh on us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Well, we're going to go to Isaiah. I think we're going to go to the 11th chapter today. It was the 9th chapter before. And uh, the only reason I'm not going to ask you all individually to stand up and read one or, one or two at a time is because it's a little dark. Because <laughs> I, I like to have a little participation. I would have said, somebody read that for me. You know, if, if, and that, that will help me out because I need to kind of keep up where I'm going as well. But we're going to go to the 11th chapter. And uh, I want you to get your Bibles out. Pastor Kevin asked me to remind you that he likes for us to start reading these Bibles that's in front of us. The church has given us some nice Bibles here, so I brought mine today. I didn't bring my computer. I was scared it was going to crash in the middle of the sermon, but I want to start. We, we got two books that we're going to look at, and both, for the first time that I know of, both of the books are in the Old Testament. We got Zechariah and Isaiah. So if you put your finger on Isaiah, the 11th chapter, I think it's the 11th chapter, yes. Well, no, yeah, that's I'm looking at the wrong book there. Okay, now, go to Zechariah, 6th chapter. Can you see okay? Everybody get you? Can you see that? All right, now, I'm going to read from... The New International Version. I really did want someone else to read this for me. Uh, but if you don't mind, would you go down to the... Page okay, page 1195. That's, amen. Huh? 795. 795. Okay. All right. When you get there, say amen. amen. If you're not there yet, say, wait a minute. Okay, I'll wait for you. Hurry up. <laughs> Hurry up. We're we talking about something that... Uh, Not all of us remember our <laughs> So we, we, we're going to talk about uh, the branch. Okay, and uh, the New International Version. Oh, man. Can somebody read this for me? I got to read the other version. Somebody need some light. Can you stand up and read, read loud so the people in, on, online can hear? Do it, do it, Zechariah 6 first. Oh, I'm at 6 through the 12. 9th through the 12th, I'm sorry. All right. And if you're online, you go get your Bible. Amen. Get your Bible and you, look, you start looking it for yourself as well. Read along with us. Zechariah Amen. 6. Okay. Verse 9. And the word of the Lord came to me. 
Take mm. from the exiles Heldai, Tobijah, and Jediah, who have arrived from Babylon, and go to the same go the same day to the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. Mm-hmm. Take from them silver and gold and make it a mm. crown, and set it on the head of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the mm-hmm. high priest. And say to him, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. Mm-hmm. For he shall branch out from his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It is he sh- who shall build the temple of the Lord, and shall bear royal honor, and shall sit and rule on his throne. And there shall be a priest on his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. Amen. Hold on for that second right there. Now we, we're starting off with Zechariah telling us something that he saw in a vision. There were four visions, and this is one of the visions, uh, prophecies that he, he, he said. He talked about a branch. Uh, now, one of the uh, interpretations it calls, I think we go over to Isaiah, we're going to hear about the shoot coming up from the stump, but uh, Zechariah is saying that it's a branch. It's about to extend out. And uh, here in this one, uh, this version, I'm reading the Message Bible. He says uh, that, that he'll have a branch out of where he is and build the temple of God. So in other words, he's going to start right where he is, and then it's going to grow out. That's it. If you think about a tree, when a tree is planted in the ground, sometimes the tree grows up. But most of the time, it grows down before it grows up. So your, your roots are going to be deep. I was, I was listening uh, the other day uh, to a teaching, and the man talked about Jesus saying to the people, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain. Y'all remember that version, right? He said, you could say this mountain, be thou cast in the sea. He also said again and another time, he said, you can say to this sycamine tree to it will literally uproot itself and be cast into the sea. And he went deeper into the sycamine tree that it was not really a long, hard, big tree, but the roots went deep and they stretched all out. So in other words, the, 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 the state of evil and wrongdoing of the world had grown so deep, there had to be a savior. And God heard the people. And through his prophecy, he started warning them. He started warning all of them what was about to happen through these prophets. Uh, I, I want to hurry up and get on to peace, but I got to put a little bit of time here so you all can understand why we're doing what we're doing. And the Adventist says, we're, we're literally just, we, we're going through what has already been done, but we're trying to feel it. You know, I'm pretty sure that's what Pastor wants, wants us. He wants us to feel, not necessarily to rush to the holiday. Not necessarily to rush to the gift giving, but to take a moment and see what actually happened. What went down? Why are we doing this? We're doing this because we're almost about to get in the same position again. As a people, we're almost about to get in the same position again. We're we're, we're not allowing the Lord to leave. So here, here in this prophecy, he's telling them it's going to be a branch. Now if you'll flip over to Isaiah with me to the first chapter, I mean 11th chapter and uh, give me somebody to read uh, 
verse 1 through, oh, let's say verse two, 1 through 4. Can you read again? Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. Mm-hmm. Her voice got deep. Uh, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness, he shall judge the poor. All and right. Amen. All right. Thank you. Once again. Here in Isaiah, he's talking about what's about to happen. Now, in the season of Advent, we, we got four major things we kind of focus on. We focus on joy. Today, we're focusing on peace. All right? Then the other two, as we go, you'll be, probably be love and, and, and what have you. But right now, today, I want to put your mind on peace. We done heard about it quite a bit already, already in the scriptures, haven't we? Because... We know Jesus as the Prince of Peace. Amen. So now, let's go to what I have here prepared for you. We want to talk to you about the, the word peace. Everybody wants peace. I'm sure everybody in this room, if you don't mind saying amen, want peace. Amen. amen. We, we all want it. You know, the, the children sing let there be peace on earth. You know, uh, the, 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 the beauty contestant models get up and say, what do you desire most? And they say, I desire world peace. Uh -huh. We're in the midst of over watching all kinds of wars right now, daily popping up. And all we're seeing in our hearts and our minds is, Lord, let there be peace. Well, what is peace, Pastor? Well, that's what I'm hoping we'll all be able to discover today. I learned a few things, and I hopefully want to share them with you. The concept of peace in the Old Testament primarily refers to wholeness, to total health, total welfare. That's the concept of peace in the Old Testament. It covers the sum total of God's blessings to a person who belongs in the covenant community. That's us. That's what we believe that we're going to attain one day. Amen? Amen? We do. We want peace. I want it. But now here, the spiritual meaning of peace is knowing that the Lord of the universe is by your side and resting in that. I'm going to say it again. Knowing the Lord of the universe and knowing that he is where? Right beside you. In everything. In everything, give thanks. In everything, knowing this is the will of God concerning you. Knowing if you really want peace now. I, 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 I kind of learned a little bit about it myself. I had to 
go to a place of peace in order to be healed. I had to go to a place of peace in order to be restored. I had to find the peace. So you've got to know that peace is knowing that God is by your side and living it out. We got good lip service, but are we actually living what we said we believe? Oh, you're not going to disturb my peace. But let the slightest thing happen, and you're throwing your hands up, giving up. You got to know that God is on your side. He's right beside you. One of the songs that we sing a lot is uh, 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 the the benediction when it says, you got to know that God is for you. That's the only way you can achieve peace. Jesus said, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called. In one body and be thankful. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace in every way that you can think of. Again, Paul says in his word, he said, don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, through prayer and supplication, petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the what? Peace of God, which surpasses in every thought, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but it sounds to me like peace and Jesus kind of on the same page there. In order to have peace, you got to trust in Jesus. Everyone wants peace. Whether you're a national leader, sitting across the table from other world leaders, or if you're a businessman, facing the pressures and the deadlines of office environments. Whether you're a homemaker, trying to keep up with the kids and get them actually in order. If you're a student, you may be trying to pass the exam, and you're worrying whether or not you're going to make it. That, all that kind of stuff, it messes with your peace. Most people will go to whatever limits they need to go to to get it. We have to admit that most of us in our lives experience more stress than peace. Amen. A psychiatrist was quoted in a newspaper once. It's saying he couldn't approve, he couldn't Im- uh, improve on what Paul's, Apostle Paul said. He said, the only prescription I can give you about that is what Paul said. And Paul said what? Don't worry about nothing and everything. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in perfect peace. Now here we go up to Isaiah. He says, there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. That's in Isaiah 10, 33, 34. 
with the idea that the Lord was coming in and chopping down the proud as if they were mighty trees. Now the pictures of the Lord looking over these stumps and causing a branch to grow out of one of them. That's the most amazing thing I, from the country. I've seen trees get cut down a lot. And in my childhood, I passed by several of them. And sometimes years have passed. And then all of a sudden, you'll see a little something come up out of the middle of it sometimes. And if you don't cut it, it actually continues to grow and turns into a tree. So here, Isaiah is saying the same thing. He says, a shoot. That's, you know what a shoot is? That's just a little part of the plant. When, you, when you're planting flowers or something, the ladies, if you're going, going to little gardens, their little first little green thing come up. That's a shoot. And he said, that, that came out of the stump of Jesse. We all know who Jesse was, right? Jesse was the father of David. David established all his royal bloodline, and Jesus came out of that. So he was correct in saying that a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. Now, here's a few things that he said about Jesus as he continues to move forward. He says he will possess the spirit of understanding. God understands all things, and he understands perfectly suited to be our sympathetic high priest. That's in Hebrews 4, 15, 16. Understanding in Hebrew has the idea of a sharp sense of smell. Jesus has sharpness of judgment and smelling out a hypocrite. His sharp nose easily discerns and is Offended with the stinking breath of the hypocrite's rotten lungs. Though his words be ever so scented and perfumed with shoals of holiness. That's, y'all excuse me because I'm from the old, fat, old folks preaching school. And I remember that God talks, uh, we, the preacher talks about God not being able to stand the smell of hypocritical, we used to be called backsliders back in the day. If you didn't stay in line, you were considered a backslider, and the church wouldn't want to put up with you because they thought of you as having the same thing, a smell of a hypocrite. But this is what they're saying, that Jesus has that understanding. He also has the spirit of counsel. He is the Messiah. Jesus is perfect counsel to give us at all times. He has both the wisdom and understanding to be a perfect counselor. The spirit of might is upon the Messiah. Jesus has the power to do what he desires to do. Many people would help us if they could, but are powerless to help. Others may have the power to help, but they don't care about us. Jesus has both the love and the might to help us. Somebody say amen. amen. Knowledge is upon the Messiah. Jesus knows everything. He knows our hearts. 
and he knows all the facts. Many times we have made decisions that seem strange or wrong to others because they didn't have the knowledge that we have. Jesus has knowledge that we don't have. So it shouldn't surprise us that sometimes his decisions seem strange or wrong to others. Scripture says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His, his way is different than our way. What is peace? Uh, Noted theologian Charles Spurgeon preached a sermon on this, and he called the sermon the jewel of peace. And the reason he called it the jewel is because he said it's like a peace is like a gem with many different facets or aspects. I think that he was probably correct in that statement because we understand in Scripture that peace, it comes in many forms. What does Paul mean when he says that the Lord of peace himself shall give you peace at all times and in every way? The first thing is that peace in Scripture is not merely the absence of conflict. You missed that? I'm going to say it again. The first thing is that peace in Scripture is not merely the absence of conflict. It don't mean just because you don't have conflict, you got peace. We're not merely thinking about peace in terms of no conflict, no fighting, no disharmony between peoples in the world. Ultimately, the vision that Scripture gives us of peace will include that. There's a day that is coming when all wars and all fighting will cease, but the absence of conflict alone is not peace. Amen. Look at the graveyard. In a graveyard, there is no conflict. There is very little activity. We read on the gravestones, rest in peace. But that's no biblical picture of peace. The biblical picture of peace is more like a garden than a graveyard. It's a place where there is life, where there is flourishing, where there is bounty, where there is fruitfulness in every conceivable way. That's the biblical idea of peace. I want to pause here and talk about, as I was reading and, and studying for this day, I, I read a story about a man who commissioned two artists to paint their, person, their versions of a portrait of peace. And one man turned his picture in, and the picture was of a picture of a serene lake with a nice willow tree going beside it and the sun touching the water ever so lightly, and nice birds were flying in the air. And the king looked at it, and he said, that's pretty peaceful. And then the second artist brought his picture up, and the picture was of a ship hidden into a mountain with the storm clouds over above and lightning. 
And in the crevice of the mountain, there was a little bird caring for her little babies. In all of that storm, he said, now, to me, that's the peaceful picture. Because that bird didn't care about the storms and the waves. That bird didn't care about all that was happening to him. It made me think about, 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 about the song, Peace Be Still, you know. And then, and then, and then I can't help but remember uh, when I was back in Jerusalem, we went out onto the Sea of Galilee. And we went out so far that the man cut, our, cut off the motor. And he says, now we're just going to read the story about Jesus and how he slept. And I looked around and all I saw was water and peacefulness. And then I thought about it. He said, over the horizon sometimes, there comes a storm. It hadn't come in a long time, but I could see now the, 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 the storm coming in and the people are, 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 are the, the, the sailors on the ship are having some type of attack. And they're, they're saying, Master, the tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. The sky is overshadowed with blackness. No shelter or help is nigh. And Jesus got up and said, peace, be still. And oh, if you could have just heard the quietness. And who, I remember they said, who is this man that even the sea, the winds and the waves obey him? The Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And theologians define shalom in this way as the webbing together of God. Humans and all creations in justice, fulfillment, and delight. We call it peace, but it means far more than mere peace of mind or ceasefire between enemies. In the biblical shalom, it means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. Um, as I close, I have a few questions. What is robbing you of your peace today? Is it guilt? Turn to God for forgiveness. Is it worry? Is it a job change? Is it finances, major surgery, difficult persons? And that can be mine a lot of times. Uh, I, I have a, a problem dealing with difficult persons, uh, I must admit. Uh, uh, listen, you can talk to, to the Lord about all of these things. And any, anything else that's bothering you. And the old phone says, you say, you tell Jesus you won't hear it no more. You know, it's, it's good that we confess our faults one to another. I like that. that that's biblical. That's, that's biblical. But some things you got to make sure that you only talk to God about. You know, because there are some people ain't as holy as we are. They ain't as, as, as relaxed in the word as we are. But you got to remember that you can tell God anything. That's all I want to say. I'm going to sit down because...
I, 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 think, I think I've said what I need to say. And uh, the, the worst has already happened. <laughs> uh, I praise God for this time. And I praise God for Pastor Leanne for allowing me this moment. But if you don't do anything else, take this with you that if you want peace, if you really want peace, you got to trust Jesus. Put your faith in him. Put your hope in him. Talk to him. There was a song that sang, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. You know, peace is right available in this room right now. You don't have to leave here the same way you came. That which a man thinketh he is, that he is. You change your mind and say, God, I trust you. Let him be your peace. God bless you. Amen. Our brothers, he mentioned something. He mentioned a, a beautiful jewel. Well, before I reflect on his reflections, thank you, brother. Thank you for spending time in God's word and pointing us towards the Prince of Peace. We don't take for granted the labor of love and the, the, the investment you make into God's kingdom through trying to equip this local body. So we appreciate you. And uh, we don't oftentimes get a chance to hear him preach because he's usually behind them keys tearing it up. But we thank you, brother. We thank you. Uh, he mentioned, though, the, the beautiful jewel of peace that Charles Spurgeon spoke of. And, and uh, it's, it's, just, it's really cool when you actually sit back and begin to look at a jewel and how it reflects and how it has different angles that display the beauty. And maybe you are a person that experienced Christ's peace, and you were like, man, that was so beautiful. It blessed me, and I'm whole. And then you changed. Sometimes the peace that God gives you when you're 14 ain't the peace you need when you're 22. And it ain't the peace you need when you're 30. And so the beauty of God is he continues to pour his peace out upon his people, but we have to continue to seek him. And so I'm thankful for Pastor Chris who helped us see the different angles in which God provides peace. Maybe in this season it is through hurt, maybe it is through relationships, maybe it's through physical, we don't know. But God wants to be the answer for you and care for you and meet you right where you are. And so our worship team's going to come up in a minute, um, and they're going to sing us out after we have our, our communion time and after we have our, our, uh, our tithe and offering. Uh, they're going to sing us out, and uh, we'll have our benediction as we sing. Um, but I want to make sure you don't miss this opportunity, right? The opportunity is one where you can experience the peace of God. If you're a person that is walking through life, and you find peace in stuff. You find peace in vacations. You find peace in experiences. And if your peace is not in Christ, 
then we invite you today to receive Jesus who wants to be your peace. He wants to be your wholeness, as Pastor Chris said. So if you want something more, we ask you to simply pray this prayer with me. Lord, I pray that you would accept me as a sinner, one who tries to find peace in other ways than you. But I submit my way to your way, Lord, and I want to accept your peace. The peace that ultimately started when you died on the cross for my sin. And now I want to live experiencing your peace and walking in your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer here, we are excited to celebrate Christ with you and want you to connect with us as a church. And if you prayed it at home, please send us a message in the chat or reach out to us during the week at 313-444-0036. If today you've said, hey, I want to praise the Lord, or if you've been praising the Lord, then we invite you to go ahead and get your communion cups ready. Communion is something we do as an act of, of joy, of celebration, and it's an act of obedience. It's something we do as a response to who God is. If you love Jesus and even accepted him for the first time today, take communion with us. We invite you to.